you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. And we have made it to week 11. That means by my count, we get one, two, three weeks left. In the fantasy regular season, so this is the time when everything starts to become magnified. The trade deadline approaches this week in NFL.com leagues, so Adam Rank and I will talk about some potential trade strategies and answer some questions that you guys have about some trades that are sort of giving you some problems. Of course, we will always have a TNF preview, really good one this week between the Cardinals and the Seahawks, and we'll have some wiretaps, those guys you might have scored off the waiver wire, and whether or not they belong in your starting lineup this week. So got plenty need to talk about on the show today but first before we do that as we always do at this time we talk to our faithful producer senior edward l murphy esquire and murph uh i actually gotta ask about the your pal and mine ricky hollywood i know she's supposed to be uh, getting her star turn on uh on the weakest link coming up soon has she yeah. leaked any details of, of what that appearance looks like 
Um, yeah, so I I do know the result. Uh, I'm not at liberty to say because, uh, you know, there's uh, secrecy involved there. But it, the, the whole process actually was pretty funny because my girlfriend, her agent or someone that she works with said, hey, do you want to be on Weakest Link? And she was like, there's just no way. Like, I'm not doing a trivia show. Um, so she's like, Eddie, you're pretty smart relatively. She's like, why don't you go on there? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, I would have too much anxiety. I don't want to be in front of cameras and Jane Lynch and stuff. So we're like, oh, who would also be perfect for that? And we're like, okay, Erica. Um, so then we passed on to Erica. She went through the the trials and, uh, and she got through and she made it. And uh, this was a while back, actually. It shows you like the weirdness behind tv it took him like months for this to to air so now we're uh, we're all excited to see what happens with uh, rookie hollywood and if she wins or not it is one thing to sit on your couch and you know answer trivia questions it really is a different thing when you were on that stage and the lights are dimmed and the spotlight is on you and the, the clock is actually running it is it's the difference between being a great practice player and a great in-game player uh, but look, I, I have faith that, that Ricky Hollywood can succeed. And if not, Eddie, we know that if anything else, she's going to be at least be entertaining here. Exactly. She's very entertaining and um, she she's perfect for this kind of show. Uh, I did hear some like stories about what went on during that. And you're right. Like some of these questions they ask, you're like, oh, that's a that's a no brainer. I should get the no problem. The minute you have those lights and you have like Jane Lynch staring you down, uh, you give some pretty <laughs> crazy answers. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed for Ricky. I hope uh, hope she wins. Absolutely. That'll be a whole lot of fun to watch. And I'm sure uh, if, if you guys don't follow the ATN folks out there, I'm sure they will be tweeting about it. Uh, there may even be like a Twitter watch party uh, for folks to, to check it out when it's done. So we're certainly uh, looking looking forward to, to checking out Ricky Hollywood uh, on The Weakest Link. All right. Let's turn to a guy who is not our weakest link. In fact, might be the strongest link uh, that we have. I'm saying this to butter him up so that things go well for the show today. It is, of course, our pal Adam Rank who joins us every Wednesday. Uh, I would imagine you would be pretty good on a trivia show as well. Oh, I'd be great. I think I should. Uh, I wish they would have given me that call as well. But can I say one thing about this? Is sure. until you and Eddie started talking about this, I thought it was one of Ricky Hollywood's gags. Like I thought she had <laughs> created a video that she was on the weakest link. I I did kind of I paused her video because I noticed that her nameplate said Erica. So I'm like, oh well, maybe this is real. And then I think one of my kids diverted my attention, so I didn't further investigate. But legitimately, when I first saw that she I thought it was one of her one of her broadcast things. And <laughs> I thought I thought it was a gag. So I, I'm out even like super excited. Like I'm very thrilled for it because I didn't want to I didn't want to fall you know like you don't want to be the mark you don't want to be the person who's like oh my god I'm so stoked for you and she's gonna be like you're a loser rank got you so I didn't want to say anything about it so I'm still uh, to be perfectly truthful with you I'm 90% sure this is really happening and that this is not some still big elaborate ruse so until I actually see it on the peacock network and I'm watching it with my own eyes <laughs> on the same platform that houses uh, parks and recreation, I'm not going to believe it. Honestly, Fully. that that's fair. Having worked with, <laughs> with with Ricky and seeing some of the stuff, a lot of the great stuff she did for Fantasy League One last year, and the stuff that she does for the broadcast and just in general, uh, I think all of that is fair comment. But uh, I'm going to go on the assumption that this is real, and uh, it'll be fun. We'll check it out, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Ninety ninety percent certain. Like every time I take a like every time I take a backswing, I'm 90% certain of where this is going. <laughs> but there's that 
Uh, there's always that 10%. All right, well, I'm 100% sure that we're going to head towards some fantasy headlines and uh, talk about some of the things that will impact your fantasy rosters this week. The first one in Seattle, and we'll talk about Cardinals and Seahawks in depth a little bit later, but Pete Carroll talking about his running back says that Carlos Hyde right now is a little bit ahead of Chris Carson in terms of them both getting back on the field this week. There is a chance that Hyde could play in week 11. We don't know about Chris Carson just yet. So with that in mind, what does this mean for the Seahawks running backs and, and your thoughts about starting any of them? Uh, it's perfect. That's what we want is more running backs on the field to make the decision even more difficult to try to decipher with this offense. And obviously, once Chris Carson returns, I believe that he is going to be the guy that we're going to start and we're going to rely on. And all those guys who've played well in spurts like DJ Dallas and, and players like that, they just kind of get, they, thank you for your time. Like, I appreciate you. You're like Rod Belding. Like, you were here for a short time, and uh, now it's time to move on. I'm glad that we didn't get duped into purchasing a whitewater rafting trip, but uh, we're all good. I'm Am I the only one that gets that reference? Nobody? Where's, I, where's look, I, Mr. Belding, right? He, he bought, he ended up buying a, a, a trip, right? And it's like, it's like a bad timeshare situation for him. His, um, no, no. His brother, oh. Rod, was a substitute teacher. And I wish Zach Posner still worked for us because <laughs> Zach Posner was my, he was, check this out. So he was my, I'm sorry. I know this. Everybody's like, I want to know who to start. Like, listen, Chris Carson, you're fine. <laughs> Zach Posner and I, we used to do a show called The Weekender, and one of our recurring bits for backup players was calling them Rod Belding because there was an episode of Saved by the Bell where Rod Belding's the substitute teacher. He's the cool guy. He convinces the kids to go on a whitewater rafting trip and then bails on them at the last second. And, of course, uh, Mr. Belding has to come through and uh, and take care of that. So, actually, last week on GMFB, I did a a, a rafting gag and um, i saw that bit yeah made it made a rod belding there's a rod belding thing so zach posner oh by the way we also got in trouble for it tom brady not the cornerback but our former boss told us (laughs) to never like you guys can't do rod belding anymore which only made us want to do it even more that of course well that's the only response is to go back and and do it (laughs) even more um look with this with this backfield i would say I get the sense Carlos Hyde may try to play. I still think it's going to be a two-man attack. I, I you know, still think Alex Collins may be in the mix because we saw him have a good game last week. I think DJ Dallas is probably uh, back pushed back to the shadows now, so I think you can sort of let that one go. And like I think a week or two from now, we'll be looking at at the back to the Carl or Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde two-headed monster. So whatever happens is going to be short-term, and then I would suspect that probably by the time we get to week twelve things will be back to status quo uh, as it is. Hey, by the way, uh, I, I know we're super tang- we're super tangenty here at, at the start of the show, but uh, I right. just found out that our producer, Ryan Bartlett, apparently once won the Showcase Showdown. Stop um, it. Hey, was so, he cheating? I, mean, I don't know. I, I need to we There's find out. We'll, we'll find out during the break like what exactly he won. Like I want to know what was in his showcase. Um, so we'll find out during the break, and uh, we, we will report back to you. <laughs> I want to know how cool I've I've met Drew Carey and I've worked with him before and I've always found him to be super cool. So I hope that he was cool to Barley. By the way, I also want to want to circle, uh, put a pin on this, but I just realized like this. I just realized this right now that the two Belding boys, because it was Rich Belding, Richard Belding and Rod Belding, their kids, the brothers are Rich Rod. I just. Oh, now just, oh my God. I was this many days old when I finally put that together. Get Zach Posner on the line. 
I can't wait to text him about that. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Uh, more football stuff. Uh, Nick Foles suffered an injury at the end of the Monday night game against the Vikings. Now reports are he did not sustain a hip fracture, but it does look like he's going to miss some time. Uh, the good news for the Bears, they have a bye this week, so that buys him a little bit more time to sort of get ready and get healthy again. But look, we, we saw, you know, it was uh, not great at the end of that game there. We may see Mitch Trubisky once the Bears come back off the bye. I mean, Tyler Bray still has not completed an NFL pass. What is the best case scenario for the Bears offense at quarterback after this? We call in Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> we bring back Jake. I don't, listen, first of all, how is that not a, a, a penalty? Like for some of the stuff that I saw on Sunday, the fact that that wasn't a 15-yard penalty, would it have made a difference? You never know. Tyler Bray may have, like what a story it would have been if Tyler Bray would have completed his first pa touchdown pass or first pass just being a touchdown strike to Allen Robinson. <laughs> oh, what, a, what am I saying? They wouldn't have thrown it to Allen Robinson in the end zone. I, you know what, though? Here's my thing. The the quarterback position and the offensive line is a huge struggle. I don't know that we've seen any sort of indication that it's ever going to get better. The one thing that I would hope is that if Mitch Trubisky is healthy and ready to go and he can go out there and run around, just let him run. Just design an offense for him to go out there and run and hope he has some sort of like Ryan Tannehill resurrection where he uses his athleticism because honestly, with the way that the offensive line is playing right now, your best bet, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, probably is Mitch if he's willing to run. Now, it was a couple of years ago where he took a shot from Harrison Smith and was never the same quarterback, was never the same kind of galloping quarterback or anything like that. If he comes back, and he's got to know, like his career's on the line now. I mean, he's going to be a backup somewhere next season. He's going to be in the NFL. Like, that's not, like he's not. <laughs> Unless he, you know, unless he does something that uh, off the field that gets him out of the league, but he's going to be having. But if he really wants to ingratiate himself, I say that when he gets back out on the field, just run, dude. Just I know you hurt your shoulder again running, but you got to run. And if you want to win games, you just got to run because that offensive line is it's not good. It is what you said, though. It's when he played his best football is when he was running before a couple of years ago. I mean, those were the weeks that sort of led us to believe he could be a startable fantasy quarterback. I mean, I don't I don't think yeah. we've ever bought into him being a, a QB one long term. But, you know, he had some usable games when he was getting out of the pocket and he just stopped. And and now, you know, he's not built to be just that pocket passer, especially with that offensive line. I just want what's best for Allen Robinson. I mean, that's really all I want. I'm just being selfish here. I'm, you know, and I, I joked with our pal Matt Harmon on Twitter that we should create an Allen Robinson jersey similar to that Browns quarterback jersey with all the list of names. And we just list all the different quarterbacks that he has had to catch passes from in his career. Because, like, all things considered, he's had a really good career when you when you compare it to the, the guys that have been throwing him the football so I just I just want something good for him. And, you know, in the short term, if that's Mitch Trubisky, so be it. In the long term, if that's Trevor Lawrence, even better. Although I would say that rank there's the no won chance. far too many they, they won far too many games. To there's no chance Trevor now. Lawrence Derby. You know, I just it's a Bears fan number one. I just wanna I just wanna have a situation where I feel like my team always has a chance because our quarterback's so good. Like, ah, oh, like the Packers suck. Like they're, that's not a good team. Like, let's be, let's, 
you guys know, let's bring Aaron Nagler on here and we'll discuss this. It's not a good team, but Rodgers, you always are under this illusion like, oh, they could go to the Super Bowl. They're not, but eh, they could go because I want to have that. I want to know what that's like. Like, I've never experienced that before. Actually, I have experienced that before in my life. When the Angels were good in the 2000s, like, it was always stunning to me when they didn't win in the playoffs. You're like, how is it this team is so good? But I think with Allen Robinson, because they haven't extended him, I I, I fear that he's going to be gone. And I don't blame him. And I will still be a, a fan. And uh, we'll, hopefully we'll still follow each other on Twitter. And uh, as long as he doesn't go to the Packers, like, that's too much. Like, don't be that guy. Um, but go to the Chargers and play with Justin Herbert or something like that. Actually, you know what? I'd be I'd buy say go to the Raiders and play for that team. I'm already starting a fantasy book where he's going to play next year. But uh, I agree with you. And I forget where Robinson was drafted, but it's also one of those things too that if Christian Hackenberg wasn't his college quarterback, like he could have been a top five pick in the in the draft. So this poor I, guy. I always go back to that Rose Bowl game between USC and Penn State. Actually, that was Chris Godwin. Take that back. All right, so yeah, forget what Godwin. I was going to say. <laughs> forget, forget forget everything that I was about to say in that one. Uh, but Allen Robinson certainly deserves better uh, at the quarterback spot. All right, last quarterback bit of news. Uh, Andy Dalton has been activated from the reserve COVID-19 list. So he's going to be back as the starter for the Cowboys this week against the Vikings. The matchup is good. I don't know that we – trust starting Dalton, but but do we have more confidence in any of those pass catchers now? Well, I was already pretty confident in both Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, and I think we'll talk about CeeDee Lamb a little bit later later on in the show. But I really – this is a good move, and I, I, I know a lot of people are going to be surprised this week when the Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings, but it's going to happen. And, you know, Andy Dalton gives them a little bit of – like, Andy Dalton's been down this road before. Like, he – it must have been weird to him when, you know, he walked into the Cowboys at the beginning of this season and people expected them to win games. He's like, he's never experienced that before. But a team underperforming in an offensive line that's terrible, that's that's Andy Dalton's wheelhouse. And he's performed well under those conditions previously. So, again, I'm, I, I agree with you. There's some other – there's better streamable quarterbacks this week. But I think for your two main wide receivers that you want to start, you got to feel pretty good about it. And I'd also feel pretty good about Dalton Schultz as well. I feel like we've just pretty much written off Michael Gallup. I, I, I don't mm. say that, you know, I don't say that it's wrong. It just, you know, I was such a big Michael Gallup fan coming into the year. And it, you know, I just had to pour a little out for him. But, uh, yeah, Dalton being back, I feel better with him than we did with Ben DiNucci. Uh, than we did with, with With Garrett Gilbert, who I always want to call Gilbert Double G for some reason. I just want to call him Gilbert Grape for, for some reason. Um, yeah. But but Dalton is a better situation there, so you can just kind of start all these guys. And for everybody who's sort of worried about Ezekiel Elliott, I think this makes his life uh, a little bit better too. Totally. For whatever that's worth. Uh, so there you go. That, that, that gives you some cowboy confidence, I guess, going into week 11. All right. Anyway. Today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. So download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's time for Fast Connections presented by Verizon. We did get some important information in the break. And it is that uh, our producer, Ryan Bartlett, uh, among the things that he won in the show, showcase showdown were an iphone a bowflex a 
trip around the Tahitian islands. Uh, I think there's one more thing in there, right? Uh, but that was an escape oh, yeah, hybrid. An escape hybrid, a, a car. So uh, he wanted a new car. Uh, but most of it he ended up not accepting because, you know, they make you pay taxes on that stuff and uh, it's not cheap. So, uh, but he is the second person that I know personally who has won something off the, won a car off the price is right, actually. Uh, I had a former coworker who used to, he won a Ford Taurus on the price is right and it was his daily car to get to and from work. Um, wow. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure that's what everybody tuning into the show wanted to know right now. So you guys are certainly welcome. Uh, what is probably more pertinent to your interest is the fact that for NFL.com, the trade deadline hits on Friday. So we figured this is a good opportunity to sort of talk some trades one last time. The first one, for folks who are maybe looking to sell a little bit, uh, who are some guys that maybe they should look at getting rid of? I'm glad I'm always brought in on the trade conversations. It's like bringing in the vegan to talk about Outback Steakhouse because I'm <laughs> the biggest trade. I actually did make a trade this year, and I was pretty proud of myself. I traded away Giovanni Bernard for Travis Fulgham, which probably isn't going to – I don't know. Hopefully, Jalen. I stopped Jalen Rager on that team too, so I feel like I'm insulated. But that was kind of my mindset is looking at some of these players who that you know have a limited time left as starting starters. You know, like Giovanni Bernard at some point is going to be surpassed by their other RB1. At some point, guys like Duke Johnson, you know, somebody hit me up over the weekend in my league of record because I had Duke Johnson trying to work out a deal. I was able to uh, – I tried to get Rob Gronkowski from him, I thought, which was a fair trade because he already had another tight end. He didn't quite want to do that. So anytime you have somebody with a limited time opportunity, it's like when you have a gift card that's about to expire. Like if you have like airline points or something like that where you're like, oh, this this might expire. Now, Mike Davis apparently is going to have an extended run, his, uh, his top billing, although he's got injury concerns of his own. So <laughs> hold the phone on that. But no, guys like that, you know, uh, Eric Young, the uh, Impact World Champion, tried to trade me. Mike Davis a couple of weeks ago when Christian McCaffrey was getting closer to returning. I, this Christian McCaffrey thing, I I have one of my best teams with Christian McCaffrey. We're 8-2. and two. We're, because I include everybody. We're 8-2 and two without McCaffrey doing much this season. I know that he's got a buy in week 13. I'm angling for a buy. Um, yeah, if I can get into the playoffs and then McCaffrey gets healthy 15-16, and 16, that's totally cool with me. So you do what you got to do. But I think those are the kind of players that you should be looking to move right now. I'm looking at moving some guys that certainly have some name brand value, maybe have underperformed, but also have some tough schedules. The first one that came to mind to me was Clyde Edwards Alaire. So it's not like you're, you know, offering up some guy who's just a, a curtain jerk or anything like that. I mean, this is a guy who's going to get some opportunities, but the schedule down the stretch isn't particularly great. And even though he is still the lead running back, Le'Veon Bell's still getting some opportunities and some touches. So that sort of diminishes his opportunity a little bit. But I think if you're offering him up there, you're not just basically saying here have this you know guy who never gets off my bench uh, and give me something good back in return. So I think he's one that I, that I would consider kind of putting out there in an offer. The other one is Kenny Galladay, who has sort of dealt with some injuries over the last couple of weeks, but we know that when he is healthy, uh, he's going to get plenty of love in that passing game from from Matthew Stafford. Uh, we, we know that he's going to be probably the top target in the Lions' offense, but again. The schedule down the stretch is not particularly good, and I do sort of wonder 
about this hip injury long term and what this means for his health coming back. So you're you're again sort of offering up a guy uh, that that does have some value, does have some intrigue. And you don't have to tell the other person that you don't like his schedule. You don't have to mention that you're sort of worried about the Lions kind of collapsing down the stretch. That part is up to them to research. You just put out there uh, that you're offering up a quality player and seeing what you can get in advance or in, in return, I should say. Um, speaking of getting a return, uh, who are some guys uh, that people should probably try to trade for over the next couple, or next few days? Well, this is going to be easier said than done. I'm actually looking at this right now because my friend Scotty, uh, he's been hitting me up today because I have Justin Herbert as my backup quarterback in the, in the league of record. I have Aaron Rodgers, and then I, I knew where Rodgers was going to have a bye week or he was having something. For whatever reason, I had that, well, because I'm good at this. Um, <laughs> I, I picked up Justin Herbert, and I've not let him go, and I don't want to trade him. And people are like, well, what do you want? Like, I'm looking at his roster right now. I'm like, if you want to give me Travis Kelsey for him, then we can do that. So that I, I think that looking at somebody, like, it's going to be difficult. I'm playing a little bit of defense, and I'm not giving him away because Scott's actually a really good fantasy player. And I, if he didn't win last year, he's won in the last couple of years. Like, I don't want you to be better. Like, there's also that whole thing, too. Like, it's cool to target Justin Herbert. I'm not necessarily going to give him up. Even if I never use him, I know that that's 25 points that a potential opponent of mine is not using. So I don't know. I know that we're not running B-roll, so I'm probably not saying what I told our producers. So I'm sorry if I if I threw a curveball <laughs> to the reduction team here. But it really is just one of those things. Like Herbert, to me, is somebody that you would look at and be like, that's what I would want. You might not necessarily get him. But I think that a lot of people who have him have another quarterback that they're they're grappling with. So if you need to upgrade at that position, although it's always difficult – to trade for quarterbacks because you can usually stream them. But I think Herbert is the exception there. So I had a couple guys on my list. I, you know, much like the, the guys I'm trading away, I'm sort of keeping an eye on schedules. And uh, it's always harder to sort of acquire really talented, productive guys down the stretch. But it is worth kind of making an offer. And one was Gronk. Uh, and I, like I've sort of come around on Rob Gronkowski this year because at, at the start of the year I just honestly didn't know what to expect, and I sort of stayed away from him in drafts because I just I, I was just uh, underwhelmed by what his potential could be. And here's the thing. He's not putting up those classic Gronk games like we saw in New England all those years. But, you know, nowadays to be a top 10 tight end, you really only need like five catches for like, you know, 40 yards and then maybe a touchdown. And so he's doing that and then some uh, and has a very favorable schedule down the stretch. It's going to be hard to trade for him just because people who have a quality tight end are going to understandably hoard that productive tight end so that it means that you have to up the offer a little bit um but i think it's worth getting him if you can try to, to slide him into your roster for the end of the, of the season uh the other one for me is kareem hunt and I, I say this as someone having pulled off recently a straight up jonathan taylor for kareem hunt trade uh yeah Vito. i wrote i couldn't i couldn't hit accept on that offer fast enough uh you know look Maybe there's somebody out there in your league who looks around and says, well, hey, Car uh, that now that uh, Nick Chubb is back, Kareem Hunt's not going to get so much work, which I guess is true. But, Rank, you pointed out, and I also found this out myself, that 
Kareem Hunt is actually more productive fantasy-wise when Nick Chubb is in the lineup. Maybe it's because the Browns can play matchups a little bit more uh, and get him in some favorable situations. Whatever it is, he actually is scoring more fantasy points per game with Nick Chubb than without him. And so maybe somebody's a little bit spooked or maybe somebody's just sort of out of the race and you can sort of you know, make some deals or whatever. But Kareem Hunt's kind of a nice option, uh, I think, the rest of the way. Again, going to be hard to acquire him because people are, who are paying attention know what he's doing, but it's always worth the ask. I mean, if you don't ask, the answer's automatically no, right? So, you know, I, um, I feel like you were shading me a little bit, like where you're like, hey, you actually figured this out. Um, whatever. <laughs> Oh, I, I won't. I won't take that as a slight, but I I do think with guys like uh, Kareem Hunt, and I, I think Chase Edmonds could even eventually fall into this category too. It's I always say it, it's like tag team wrestlers that sometimes these guys are just better as in a tag team. Like badass Billy Gunn was better as part of the New Age Outlaws, even when they tried to put him over as a single star, mostly because The Rock obliterated him. But, you know, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I think it's, you know, if it works out better, like, what do I care? Like, fine, take less snaps and score more points. I'm into <laughs> it. And, again, like, somebody did that to me. Like, actually, this is – I know I keep going back to my league of record, but people try to get Kareem Hunt when Nick Chubb came back. The guy who has – Nick Chubb's like, hey, I'm sure you don't want him anymore. I'm like, bro, like, I do that. Like, you're not going to – where do you think you're getting this information that you think you're going to pull a fast one on me? Uh, but, yeah, I think that that – but I, I – for exactly the reason that you said, like most people don't like people are just having fun. They're like, yeah, and they'll they'll be like, oh, yeah, Nick Chubb's back. I'll trade him away. So uh, take advantage of that where you can. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like we sort of got into what we're looking for when we make a trade. I mean, that was going to be my next question, but I feel like we sort of we sort of talked about that to you know give people an idea of, of how to make some deals. So uh, By I, guess way, I'm gonna I, try can... to, I think I'm going to try to do that Duke Johnson for Rob Gronkowski thing again. I you got should. my you NFL fantasy app right now. Let me see if I can pull this off during the break. Cool. In the meantime, I'm going to say that that was Fast Connections presented by Verizon. So we can fly the graphic up there. Uh, I also decided to put this out to the folks on Twitter because we know that people have trade questions. So I, I asked for a few. Uh, and so we'll kind of answer a couple of them here. Oh, one cool. is from, yeah, one's from Art. Uh, if we can throw that one up on the screen. Art asking, do you get rid of CMC? And if so, what's an acceptable trade? RB1, wide receiver one? Is that asking for too much? Obviously, throwing in the fact now that we know McCaffrey's not going to play in week 11. Uh, but this is not the first time I've heard somebody ask if they should try to trade Christian McCaffrey. No, and I, I completely understand where they're coming from. And I touched on this uh, a moment ago where I was talking about a team that I have that's 8-2 and two with Christian McCaffrey not doing much of anything. And I, I feel really good about that roster. And I'm looking at him as a luxury piece. But if you're a team, let's say if you're in a good spot and you can afford to get rid of a couple of players, you're you're pretty much assured of the playoffs and want a deal for Christian McCaffrey, I like that. If Art's in a spot where he's scuffling to get into the playoffs and you really need to start looking week to week, then yeah, I can understand going and making the trade. And the person you should be looking at is the guy who's already guy or girl who's already in first place and see if they would take Christian McCaffrey and be like, hey, you've got a great squad right now. Why don't I take Kareem Hunt off your hands or whatever whatever deal you want to make? And uh, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. 
And my thing was, you know, you're asking what, what's too much to ask for. My thought is nothing. Ask for what you want, right? Just ask for what it is you want. And if the other person's willing to negotiate, then you can come to an agreement of something that I think both works for both of you. But you know, go in there with a wish list, and you know, if if you need five dollars, don't ask for three. Ask for ten. You know, ask for the moon, uh, and then work down to something that you find is acceptable. So uh, that, that's probably the advice there. Uh, next question comes from Mike who asks, fair value to move Nick Chubb one-for-one for a wide receiver? Yeah, I would believe so. I mean, again, this goes back to the point of you've played so long without Nick Chubb. You've already picked up running backs who are probably doing pretty well for you. I don't believe it's a it's a bad option, but at the same time, it's so much easier to replace a wide receiver than it is to replace a running back. And now – you look at what Nick Chubb did in his first game, and I understand he was doing he was going against the Houston Texans, which I believe coming into that game had given up the most fantasy points per game, or they'd given up the most rushing yards. I knew they were very generous to running backs, so you don't want to you don't want to expect that maybe every week. I really though believe that Nick Chubb is a league winning type of running back, even going out of bounds here. Why are you showing this? That would thank you for, for cutting that <laughs> off. I, I really do believe that. Um, I, I, I would, I, I would, I just want to hang on to him. I, I just don't like moving running backs. You know, we were just talking about Christian McCaffrey, but McCaffrey's not playing. Chubb's back and he's playing for you. And I think having that kind of depth works out to your benefit. Yeah, I would just say, yeah, if you're moving Nick Chubb, that means you have some really good depth at running back because th- this is a guy that, you know. I think he has the potential. I think he's easily going to be a top 10 running back the rest of the year, maybe even a top five running back. And that's really hard to find. But uh, there's certainly no doubt that if you wanted to move him for a wide receiver, you could get a very quality receiver back in in exchange. But uh, I would much rather have Nick Chubb on my roster. Yeah, you got to be looking at a, a Tyreek Hill type of player. Like you've right. got to be, like you got to be shooting for the stars if you're doing that. I know, and we're looking at the raw. We're looking at the uh, remaining games too. With the Ravens, I don't know the Ravens are there looming, but gosh, these games against the Jags and the Titans make it worth it to hang on to them. Even in a tough game against the Ravens, you're probably going to roll the dice. I don't know. You'll probably either have to wear a 10-point game from him or else, you know, bench him. But I would probably, even thinking that far ahead, I think I'm still starting him against the Ravens. I'm still putting him in the lineup. That's just that's just me. Uh, next one from uh, Julian, who is asking, what do I do with Lockett and Connor? They've lost value and have lost the last few weeks because of low production. Um, I feel like Lockett is, is maybe a better option than James Connor, but that's just me. Yeah, the one thing that concerns me about James Connor, and I believe that you were talking about this on NFL Fantasy Live on Tuesday. Somebody wise, it might have been overreaction theater about Connor being the RB two on his team. Was that you? Was that did I read that? That to was you? me. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That okay. was me. So I, I read that to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> by the way, and, and I love that bit. By the way, because um, I always play it like I'm the one saying it, even though it's really you. I don't know. It's it's a nuance. <laughs> I know I'm going inside the actor's studio here, but the one thing that really concerns me about James Connor. Um, not that you can do much about it, but they go to Chase Claypool so much. Like he is almost their goal line running back. Like we've seen that a lot with uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks. Usually it's a quarterback where it's like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, who's Cam Newton, who's taking away production from running backs. You don't have to worry about that with Ben Roethlisberger, but Chase Claypool is certainly there enough to make it a concern. 
So unfortunately, I, I feel like you're going to have to start him unless these are your two flex options. And if that's the case, I would just go with Tyler Lockett. I, I would tend to, to lean on Lockett because I feel like he's going to be more productive, I think. Uh, yeah. if, if you're really worried about it, though, Julian, may, maybe I'd suggest trying to package them and bring in somebody who can fill your flex spot more consistently. Uh, I mean, I think there are some some guys out there that you know are worthy of, of sort of adding to your roster. Uh, you know, look, check check your strength of schedules. See who's going to have a good playoff schedule. Always important to look who's on the schedule weeks 14, 15, and sixteen, uh, and try to make some deals there. So you know, sometimes sometimes it's better just to get rid of the the concern, get rid of the headache and not have to worry about it. Uh, all right, last one. This one from Logan, who says, thinking about making a trade offer for Michael Thomas, willing to give up Cooper Cup or Kenny Galladay. Thoughts on that? No, I, I I would love to do that. I would love to do anything to get Michael Thomas on my roster. This probably should have been a player we were talking about and players to trade for. Actually, I knew that Logan was going to ask this question. That's why I didn't talk about him before. But <laughs> this is absolutely one of the players that – you can see fantasy managers being upset with him, maybe looking at the the injury concerns at quarterback and saying, I don't want anything to do with Michael Thomas down the stretch. And then you're the one who can come in and be the beneficiary and getting that production because he's still one of the best receivers in the game. You know, I mean, Jameis Winston last year led Chris, led, led Chris Carr. I'll get it. I'll spit it out. Hold on. Chris Godwin. <laughs> had a very good season last year with Jameis Winston as his starting quarterback. So I do not worry about that in the least. Teddy Bridgewater came in last year. Michael Thomas still set the NFL record for receptions in a season. So the quarterback situation doesn't it, it doesn't concern me at all. Find, see if that person's scared and try to convince them that Kenny Galladay is probably the way to go. Like Kenny Galladay – Try to say that they're the uh, basic same person. Like, oh, they're the same guy. Like, let's make this switch. I mean, I think Galladay's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but he's got his injury concerns too. So I, I think that's a pretty good idea. I do think it, it's hard to believe Michael Thomas is going to struggle this much for the entire season. And and you know, you're waiting for that big breakout game to happen. And I just said you should probably trade away Kenny Galladay. So uh, I guess following my own logic. There it is. Then uh, <laughs> there it is. You, you should make that deal. So there it is. It would be uh, weird if you didn't say it now. It would. It would. It would be a little bit hypocritical of me to go back on a thing that I said literally like five minutes before. So uh, I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. All right. Uh, so hopefully that helps you with the trade deadline. It's still a couple of days away. So get out there, make some deals, do what you can to strengthen your roster just in time to make the playoff run. Time to take a look at Thursday night football, an interesting one in the <laughs> NFC West. The Cardinals, fresh off their buzzer beater victory on the, I guess they're calling it the Hale Murray uh, from Kyler Murray to, to DeAndre Hopkins uh, against That's the clever. Seahawks. Uh, it's, it's a battle for first place. Should be fun. Um, so I guess the first question is, Chase Edmonds has been kind of playing well. Kenyon Drake actually had a good game last week. So if you're looking at Cardinals running backs this week, you pick one, you go both, you go neither. Where do you fall on this one? Both of these guys are going to be startable options. It is really one of those things where – the Seahawks defense gives up production to the running backs. Earlier in the season, they were doing a very nice job of, of stopping running backs. But over the last couple of weeks, they've even lost that part of it, which has got to be disappointing. Like, yeah, at least, you know, it's like, like it's like if Duncan's coffee all of a sudden became bad. Because the one thing about that place is like, oh, the donuts are bleh. 
But at least the coffee's good. And so if the coffee goes away, then you've got nothing. And that's kind of like the Seahawks defense now, where it's like, you got nothing. Because, like, they give up production all of, like, receivers and running backs. So I like both of them. They had a near 50-50 split last week. And to me, again, Edmonds just still looks like the better running back. Like, he just, I don't know, he just seems like the better player. But Kenyon Drake looked inspired. So unless you have both of them, then I'm like, I don't know, like, Choose your choose the guy that you want, but I think that if you have just one of these guys, I think you should feel pretty comfortable starting them this week. We we felt comfortable with Chase Edmonds for the last few weeks, and now after last week, Kenyon Drake I think did enough for me to sort of buy back in. I don't know if I have him in any more any more leagues anymore, but uh, you know, last week was enough to kind of get me back on board and, and hope that he can kind of get something going. If if not as a runner, at least as a pass catcher, just because we know that they're going to try to throw them the ball a little bit, and, and that is where the, the Seahawks are are mostly deficient. It just would have been easier if Kenyon Drake continued to play poorly and we could have just said, all right, let's just yeah. make it the Chase Edmonds show. But, of course, our lives can't be that easy because it's just, it's just not fair. That um, would have been polite. It would have been so nice. Uh, obviously, we've been kind of picking on the Seahawks secondary all year long, so that means we're obviously starting DeAndre Hopkins. You're starting Christian Kirk. But how far down that depth chart would you go? Like, would you look at Andy Isabella or Larry Fitzgerald or anybody like that? Are we talking DFS? Because Andy Isabella would be somebody that I would take yeah, a look at. Let's go with- DFS. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, season-long leagues, probably not so much. Not so much. But, yeah, last week, like, Josh Reynolds ended up being the most targeted receiver for the L.A. Rams, and so – they're going to be spreading the ball around uh, this Cardinals offense. And Andy Isabella has been pretty impressive when he gets an opportunity. This was this did seem like a game last week where they were they were trying everything they could to get DeAndre Hopkins back into the mix because they'd he'd been kind of overlooked for a couple of weeks. But I do believe like looking at this game, and I I, I we do this all the time. And we always see a game like this. We're like, oh, my God, this is going to be a 49-48 game. This is going to be like the Rams cheese at the Coliseum a couple of years ago. And then it ends up being like 1917. We're like, what is going on? What are, what, are, what are we not seeing? But I have so much confidence in both these offenses that you don't have to worry about. Well, maybe we'll worry about things like that. But I do think that um, that Isabella is just such a, it's a, such a fun play if you're, if you're doing a, a, a DraftKings lineup. But that's definitely one of the guys, especially if you're doing a Thursday night slate, I think it's automatic. But, like, yeah, that's one you got to get in there because I think the value is just perfect. Isabella is a favorite of fantasy Twitter, right? Because he's a guy, he's, yeah. he's incredibly speedy. Anytime he gets the ball in his hands, there's a chance he can go the distance with it. So I, I definitely would, would maybe give him a shot, especially if you need, like, a value pick to kind of slide in uh, to, to one of your lineups at some point. I mean – as much as we love Larry Fitzgerald, his time has has come. I mean, I think we are seeing the last few games of his long, industri- illustrious Hall of Fame career. Right? He's he's a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, what is, I what is I happening? Like I feel like sometimes I say that and I believe it, and then you know people give me sideways glances. You know, but I you know I, I just wanted to confirm <gasps> he's a Hall of Famer. He's he's in the discussion. Like when we start talking about who the second best receiver of all time is with Jerry Rice just figuring to be number one. Like Larry Fitzgerald should be in that conversation. I'm not saying that he's number two. I'm not saying he's better than Moss or anybody like that. But he's in that conversation. Top five. I think he's top five. I know we've had this. People have come after me on Twitter because I 
I don't know. Like, I think that he, yeah, because he got, so if it, went, if it went Rice, Moss, you have Terrell Owens in there. I know I'm forgetting. I've gotten this written down somewhere. <laughs> but people really become unglued when you say he's a top five guy. I think most people would say top ten comfortably. But I, I would go top five. And they're like, who do you move out? Like, I don't know, another good receiver. Like, just deal with it. <laughs> I'll never forget that a friend of mine who's a Raiders fan said he was fine when they passed up on Larry Fitzgerald because Fitz was, oh my just, God. was merely a possession receiver. That's all. He had a, had a hell of a career for a possession receiver. That's all I know. Yes. Uh, let's say on the DFS train, if you're picking a quarterback, Kyler versus Russ, which one do you want? Well, I don't want to blow up the rundown again because I almost want to change my mind, but I think Russell is a, is a really good play. I, you know, that game against the Rams was unfortunate. And we've seen him make some some unfortunate throws over the last couple of weeks. Or you just are baffled. He's getting himself into trouble. That game against Buffalo, he was throwing interceptions. He missed a couple of connections against the Los Angeles Rams. And then you just got to figure, you know, maybe, maybe the defenses were playing well. And that Russell Wilson isn't going to throw five touchdown passes every week. Maybe they should protect him a little bit more. That would be helpful. But I really do believe that this is going to be an opportunity for him to step up. Maybe do a little bit more of this that we're seeing right there, him running the football, being a little bit more creative. You know, I think that one of the things I noticed in that game against the Rams is that he was under duress so much that he was starting to see guys there who weren't there. Like he was giving up on the pocket maybe a little bit too much. But the one thing that you do is you see him do this. And you're like, well, maybe you can give up on the pocket and kind of, <laughs> but he really loves that move. Like he really loves it. He doesn't want to take the extra second. And I know we're about the same height, so I don't blame him. Like, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to get wrecked either. So actually I think I'm taller than he is, but uh, in any event, I know you are, but I, I, I think that I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good with Russell in this game. And I think that this is going to be, you know, him being at home. I think that gives him the advantage too. So I'm going to go with Russ. I feel like there's really no wrong answer here, but I'm, I'm going to go Kyler. Uh, I'm going to go Kyler on this one just because you mentioned the thing about Russ not running quite as much. That that hasn't been a concern for Kyler. I think, yeah. I, think I think at last check, he's on pace for like nearly 1,100 rushing yards this year. And he's he's had a, a rushing touchdown, I think, in every game except maybe one, maybe two, but whatever. He's, he's scoring rushing touchdowns, which, look, under our current, you know, four points for passing touchdown world – uh, that actually yeah. works out better that he's scoring rushing touchdowns. I, I feel like, you know, this is a, a situation where I'm totally on board with, with Kyler Murray in this one. I think both guys are going to have a chance to go out and, and perform very well. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Kyler here. All right. So we've been waiting for the week where both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both explode at the same time. Is this the week that it finally happens, that they both go boom? Well, I really do believe that the, the week where Lockett had 50 points against the Cardinals, there was a chance – for DK Metcalf to get into the end zone, something I, I was I was gonna go back and rewatch it, but unfortunately, Stardom Sidum, you know, kind of takes up a lot of time. So I wanted to go back because I felt like DK had some opportunities in that first game, and it's it's going to happen at some point. You really do need to roll out both of these guys now. Obviously, I don't expect a lot of fantasy managers to have both of these guys in their lineups, but certainly you're getting them out there if you're the Locket manager of course you're hoping like you know he's probably not going to have 50 points this time around they'll probably try to find a way to shut him down you just hope he can get into double digits i think that's very that's very fair like if tyler lockett scores 12 points i do not want to hear any of you guys complaining because that's that's fine 
And I really do believe that Metcalf's going to find a way to get get open. And, and it, it's going to be tough to contain him. I know the Rams did a pretty good job of it last week. I don't see that happening two consecutive weeks. This is the thing. You're, you're starting both of them. It just, it just seems like if you're watching the Seahawks and you see the guy who's not your guy going off, then you just sort of you know hang your head and realize it's just not going to be the week for your guy. But I think this is the week that we can get a decent number out of both of them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that they're both going to give you, you know, 25, 30 points. But if you can get, say, 25 out of one and, you know, 14 or 15 out of the other, I feel like that's pretty good. We haven't had that this week, and, and I'd be okay with that. So uh, I guess that's a long way of saying, yes, yes, this is a week I think they both <laughs> sort of go off and are productive. So rejoice, Seahawks fans and <laughs> fantasy managers. Uh, both your wide receivers uh, are going to have good weeks. Okay. Uh, Salute to Service is the NFL's year-round effort to honor, empower, and connect with our nation's service members, veterans, and their families through long-standing partnerships that support our military community. The NFL, its clubs, and players thank all of our armed forces serving in the United States and around the world. Join the NFL in Salute to Service by visiting nfl.com slash salute. It's time for Secure Starts presented by Visa. For peace of mind online, Visa's got you covered. Adam Rank's got his week 11 starts and sits. So let's just dive into it. Quarterbacks, who are people putting in their lineups? Well, I'm going to go with Cam Newton this week, who is the the Star Wars what is it? The 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 three the three sequels or whatever, like episode seven through nine. Like he's the Force Awakens, because like everybody, no matter what he does, it's never good enough. Everybody just wants to go to the internet and complain. And they didn't like his game last week. Listen, he gave up a, a passing touchdown to Jacoby Meyer. Although with the amount of rushing touchdowns he steals, I think we're fine. We're in calling it a wash. But he's been pretty good. Like he he was good. Like it didn't you didn't get, you know, 20 fantasy points, but he was still good. And I think this week against the Houston Texans, who've allowed the most rushing yards per game this season, this is going to be a pretty good opportunity for Cam Newton. And another quarterback that I like is Alex Smith. He's had at least 325 passing yards in back-to-back weeks. He set a career high with 390 yards. The only thing that I didn't like although I do have Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, so I, I wasn't too bummed out. He didn't throw a touchdown. Like, if you could mix in a touchdown, which he probably could, this week the Cincinnati Bengals have allowed a top-seven fantasy quarterback in three of the last four games and have allowed two touchdown passes in six straight. So if this is the week that Alex Smith can go 325-2, and two, I think you got to make that move. Get him into your lineup. He's a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback, and he looks healthy. And and you know, give him credit for being fearless. Because I know after that kind of injury, a lot of folks would have just you know hung it up and called it quits. But uh, he's back, and he's playing well. Uh, running back, I guess we're keeping the Washington theme going, huh? Yeah, it's kind of weird of how much trust we're putting into the Washington FT, but we love the matchup. But I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson this week. He crushed it once again. He scored 22 and a half fantasy points against the Lions. Was the RB seven. Uh, but he's super consistent. He's had at least 12 fantasy points in six of his last eight games, four rushing touchdowns in three of his last four combined. He's also starting to see some targets out of the backfield. He's had at least four in four out of his last six. And again, they're playing the Bengals. They've allowed a lot of rushing yards, not necessarily rushing touchdowns, which is fine. Uh, you know, but we start, it's starting to figure out like we can trust not only Antonio Gibson, but I really do believe that JD McKissick is a nice option as well. Like, listen, Shannon Hannigan's is my, it might have been fully been eradicated in Washington. So get both of those guys into your lineups. Uh, I love Naheem Hines. 
this week, it's never going to be easy to figure out which Colts running back is going to get the call. And even if you look on last week's snaps where Hines had kind of double, he had 56% of the snaps. But this week, he's going up against the Packers who have allowed two receiving touchdowns to running backs in two of the last four weeks. Uh, Running backs have 20 receptions against them over the last month. They've also given up the fourth most receiving yards to running backs during that stretch. I'm expecting this game to be a little bit more high scoring given even with the Colts defense, but figure that Hind is going to be targeted a lot in this game. I just like that of the three running backs, Hines seems to have the most consistent role. You know, I, I still haven't figured out how they're using Wilkins versus Taylor, but Hines, his his production and his opportunity seems to stay steady week to week. So I appreciate that. Uh, wide receiver, who are you looking at? I think Marquise Hollywood Brown is the is the personification of the do something meme. Like, come on, like we just keep <laughs> we keep waiting. Like do something, but I think this is a pretty good opportunity for him. He's had some games this season where he's been pretty good, and I think that this week against the Titans, who've allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers this season, this is it. They've allowed the second most receptions per game to wide receivers, and a, they've allowed a top 20 fantasy receiver in seven of their last eight games, and I know that Willie Sneed was out there. I know he was a desperation play for you last week, but I think this is going to be Hollywood Brown's week, so I'm going to get him into my lineup. And I'm also going to be starting CeeDee Lamb. We talked about earlier in the show that Andy Dalton is expected to return to be the starting quarterback for the Cowboys this season. He was the most targeted receiver when Andy Dalton was the quarterback. And now you're looking at this Vikings team who've allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game to wide receiver. They've allowed close to two touchdown receptions per game to wide receivers. It should have been more. You know, I blame that on Nick Foles in the offense and – I don't believe that I don't believe that Andy Dalton's going to miss the throws that Nick Foles was missing last week. So I think I'm really confident in CD Lamb this week. So I listen, we like him. So start him. It's nice to have CD Lamb back in our lives and and I'm I'm on my last I'm on my last my last nerves with uh with Marquise Brown. Like it has to happen this week otherwise I'm I'm just I'm, I'm backing away. I'm done. We're good. Frustrated. It'll Let's happen. Go. I'm just frustrated. Uh, all right, tight ends. Who, who are tight ends we're starting? Well, I'm going to go with Hayden Hurst, although it, this one's a little bit tricky because even though he's been very consistent over the last couple of weeks, there is the looming specter of Calvin Ridley coming back, and that might be something that impacts him. We'll certainly keep an eye on that. We'll update you on the all-new NFL Fantasy app. Look for the player stories. I'll be talking about him over the weekend when we have a better idea. But you know what, Hurst? He scored double-digit points in four consecutive games. He led the Falcons in targets against the Broncos two weeks ago. And I really do believe that he's got a, a decent enough share of this offense that you can start him even if Calvin Ridley returns. And you know what? The Saints have allowed six touchdown receptions to tight ends this season. So I feel like if it's not a heavy reception volume game that he can go out there and, and get into the end zone this week. As a, somebody scoring a touchdown, not just, you know, walking through it on his way to the end zone. And then Eric Ebron is also another tight end that I'm looking at. This is it's so tough. I mean, we got Travis Kelsey and then that's it. Like that, we have nobody else that we can trust. When I'm in a situation like this, I look for somebody in an offense that you expect to throw the ball a little bit. It's tough because the trio of Steelers receivers have been so good, but 
The volume, I expect to be key in this one. So Eric Ebron is a flex option for me. I'm not starting him over. I'm not, don't, don't tweet me and be like, bro, I, I said Kelsey this week because you said Ebron. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying a streamable guy. Yeah, I've, I've been on the stream Eric Ebron train because I feel like at this point, if you're streaming a tight end, you just want him to catch a touchdown and then you'll feel okay. So I, I'm sort of banking on that, that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, speaking of streaming, uh, defenses that folks might want to stream this week. I'm going to go with the L.A. Chargers. Now, I understand that Joe Flacco is coming off the best game of his season. And I know that's weird to say. You didn't expect to say that in 2020. It's like, hey, Nicolas Cage is a shoe-in for the Oscars in 2021. You might think, like, hey, Rank, that's not fair. Because Nick has won an Oscar. But Joe Flacco has won a Super Bowl MVP award. So are they basically the same person? With apologies to Patrick Claibon for stealing his gag. Uh, but he's not here. So uh, I like them this week. I also like the Minnesota Vikings. I hate to admit this as a Bears fan, but I was recommending the Vikings to people last week heading into the Monday night game. And it's not something that I would have done because, uh, you know, listen, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan. But my head told me it was the right thing to do. And if you did do that last week, you might as well hold on to them against the Cowboys. I mean, obviously, they're the Cowboys are better with Andy Dalton, and they're not going to be the pushover that they've been with Double G or the Nooch. But I still think that they're a pretty good option this week, even though C.D. Lamb's going to score two touchdowns against them. I do have some breaking news here. Oh, no. Uh, Justin Herbert has cut his hair. He's got he's got a, some sort of weird buzz cut now. Uh, it looks like it looks like you know someone's mom put a bowl on his head and sort of cut around. It's just it's not a good look. It's it's short. Uh, I feel like now you might have to go back. I don't know where you had him and start him, sit him this week, but I feel like you I'm might want to go and take a look. You He's might out. you might want to revise now. Based He's on like Samson. Haircut. The strength is in his it, hair. It is it is not good, and I I feel like if I'm Anthony Lynn, I'm very concerned about what uh, what my team's fortunes are going to be this week with with Justin Herbert having cut his hair. Who knows? Uh, By the way, anyway. is it weird that I know? Oh, I'm sorry, you you've got a sponsor. Go, go ahead. I'll do that. Then we can come back. Uh, that was Secure Starts presented by Visa. All right, go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry, but that whole thing about Samson, I don't know. Is that a Bible thing or whatever? It is. I only, mm-hmm. I know it, I know it from Boys in the Hood. I don't know it from, I don't know its original source, but I just know that that the, uh, one of the, one of the villains in Boys in the Hood says that. And that's how I know that quote. Is that weird? Samson, Should I know? Samson, Samson and is, the Fox Hills Mall, things that Boys in the Hood has taught you about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, let's do some sits real quick uh, as we, we talk start sits here. Who are quarterbacks that you are avoiding this week? Well, I'm going to say Tom Brady, and we took a chance on Tom last week, which I know is weird to say because he's the GOAT, and but he's a streamable quarterback. Like, he's a, he's a week-to-week guy. You don't put him – you don't put him into the lineup – every week like it's like you know like we see this in hollywood all the time like like i understand you were a star years ago but you're no longer on the a-list you know what i'm saying like ben savage like you might have been great in boy meets world but you're no longer on the a-list i mean danielle official is you know she's awesome you used to see her at like pwg shows like she's a huge wrestling fan i think her husband's a huge wrestling fan uh in any event i'm not starting brady this week because that rams defense is ridiculous. They've allowed the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. They're fresh off a game where they harangued Russell Wilson. Almost cost me the dub in my second season. I, 
You know what? Actually, they didn't. I ended up beating Steve. So good for me. Anyways, in the also the other quarterback in that game, Jared Goff, he's going to be the one guy who doesn't take advantage of the Seahawks. I mean, what are you doing? Like, how are you? How are you not at least getting one touchdown? Like, you've got to be. I don't know. It's like, um, like there used to be this uh, Miss Pac-Man game in the arcade by our house, and it always had free credits. And then I was the guy who was playing it when the owner discovered that the game had free credits and I got in trouble for it. So I know what Josh, Jared Goff is going through. Like, it's off. Like, I'm the one who doesn't get free credits on, on Miss Pac-Man. Uh, and by the way, I have a problem because in our NFL Fantasy Live League, I have two quarterbacks that I've been rotating. It's Goff and Brady. I should have thought ahead <laughs> of this. And now I'm going to have to start Ben Roethlisberger if he's available. Mm, you know, I, I think I might if have he's available, he might be gone. We, we, might, we, we might be able to work out a deal uh, because I, I have Joe Burrow on my bench. So maybe we can uh, we can negotiate something here uh, to, help, to help you out. Uh, running backs, though, which ones are you sitting this week? Todd Gurley, I believe, is the uh, first one. I don't have my new monitor hooked up, so my notes have now run out. Uh, but I liked, I, I don't like Todd Gurley this week, I don't believe. Is that who I'm saying? That is Todd Gurley. Uh, the Saints have allowed the second fewest fantasy points to running backs over the past month. Uh, the team who has allowed the fewest, it's the Atlanta Falcons. So we're not starting Alvin Kamara either. No, I'm kidding. Joking. Joking. But I, I don't really feel great about Todd Gurley. Uh, he's been touchdown dependent. And, and the Saints haven't allowed a running back to get into the end zone over the last month. They've allowed just three rushing touchdowns on the season. So Todd Gurley, I love him. I think he's been playing great, but this is a week that I would try to avoid him. And Ronald Jones, uh, I, I can't start him this week. Again, this is a tough matchup against the Rams. They've allowed the fourth fewest points to running backs this season. If you have any other options on your roster, I think you're going to have to look at them. I, this is going to be a, a low-scoring game. I think this is going to be ugly, kind of like the Super Bowl that Tom Brady played against the Rams a couple of years ago. I do believe the Rams will be victorious. By the way, I still get confused. I don't know why I still think of the number 27 being associated with Leonard Fournette, and I feel like Rojo <laughs> should be wearing 25 like he did in college, but that's just no no one has gotten – some people think it's, it's Leonard Fournette. I've heard a lot of people make LeGarrette Blunt references. Uh, this, oh, this, yeah. number change, this number change has not worked out for Rojo at all. He might have to reconsider no. that in the offseason. Uh, wide receivers, you got another buck on the list for this one. Yeah, I took it really easy on myself this week, and I went with <laughs> Antonio Brown. And this week I'm anticipating him being blanketed by Jalen Ramsey. This was one of the best – wide receiver cornerback rivalries a couple of years ago when they were playing for the Steelers and Jacksonville Jaguars respectively. And I really do believe that Ramsey needs to start to get into the conversation about being the defensive player of the year. His biggest competition might even be on his own team. But you look at the receivers that he's been shutting down this season, most recently DK Metcalf on Sunday. I I really don't want to, I don't want any part of this. I, I think that this is an opportunity to leave Antonio Brown on the bench. And uh, I'm going to take the easy way out again. And I'm going to say that A.J. Green is a sit for me because, like, I'm a coward. It's so hard to put together sit em wide receivers. But I really do believe with A.J. Green, even with the Bengals throwing at a prolific pace, he's he's been he's been usurped by Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins especially. And Green, he's not a mentor. Like, he's not the mentor of this team. But he's also like the elder statesman. Like when Ric Flair 
was running the things for evolution. You know what I'm saying? Like you knew it was going to be Batista and Randy Orton who were going to be doing all the good stuff, but I can't really trust AJ Green anymore. Maybe this is a game where they blanket those two guys and AJ Green steps up because of the matchup, but um, I can't trust that. And I think that he's almost droppable at this point because he's he's just moved that far down the the pecking order of Bengals receivers. Yeah, Joe Burrow has been able to support a pair of top 25 wide receivers, but A.J. Green is definitely not one of them. Uh, tight ends to avoid. Who you got? Jonu Smith continues to concern me. Um, he did get a rushing touchdown last week, but if it wasn't for that touchdown, that would have been a horrific game from him. And I guess you can say that about every player. Like, hey, if uh, you know if Dalvin Cook didn't score four touchdowns, that would have been a terrible game. Like, I understand what you're saying, but they really bailed him out points-wise with that with that scamper, they're just not targeting him enough. And I think it goes back to Ryan Tannehill. He's just not throwing the ball like he once was. And it's kind of hurting a lot of guys. Corey Davis is somebody that I probably wouldn't be starting this week. John U. Smith is another one. This is why I'm desperate to try to get rid of him in my league of record, try to find somebody who can come in and take that production. So John U., if, if there's other guys, I would rather have Eric Ebron off the waiver wire than John U. at the moment. And another player is, is Robert Tanyan in – you know, it's it's unfortunate because high high volume passing offense hasn't really meant a lot for him outside of the couple of weeks when Devontae Adams was out. But as long as Devontae Adams is playing football and as long as MVS is there now starting to get into the mix as well, Aaron Jones, I figure, is starting to get more 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 starting to get healthier, I guess I should say, and starting to also like Aaron Rodgers loves throwing to Aaron Rod or Aaron Jones when he gets to the end zone. So Tanyan is going to have to be somebody that I'm leaving on the bench. That one Robert Tanyan week was fun. Too bad we didn't all get to take great. advantage of it. That was, that was a good time. That was great. Uh, any defenses that folks should avoid this week? You know what? When we started this week off, I thought the Broncos would be a team to sit, but I actually like them now because the, the, the Dolphins will be going from the warm of Miami to the cold of Colorado. So the only defense I would rec- I would say that you sit this week is the New England Patriots. And I only say that because people might still be holding on to them because anytime somebody has that connection with the with a team that helped them out the previous season, it's hard to let that go. And the Patriots have been so good defensively over the last couple of years that you want to continue to start them. But even this week, I just don't think that there's enough of an opportunity. Now, obviously, the Texans' offensive line has been an issue, but this, but the Patriots have reached double-digit sacks just twice this season. So I really don't think they're getting to the quarterback enough. They need to force more turnovers, which they're not doing. So I'm going to have to leave them on the bench. That muscle memory, everybody's like, hey, the Patriots' defense, they're good, but they're they are not yeah. so good this year. It's, it is a completely different defense than what we saw last year. All right, so there you go. If you want the rest of Adam Rank's starts and sits, you can find it at NFL.com slash start sit. That's easy enough. It's week 11. You should be watching Fantasy Bites. If you haven't been watching it, what's wrong with you? It is the show we have every week with Adam Rank, Kimmy Checks, Michael F. Florio. They talk about all the things that are important to your fantasy football life and well-being. They also, I'm sure, talk a lot of esoteric things because it's a show with Adam Rank, Kimmy Checks, and Michael F. Florio. You can find it streaming Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, NFL.com, the NFL apps, and YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. What is on tap for Fantasy Bites this week? Well, I'm going to be giving a little bit of love to T. Higgins because, you know, there was. I'm going to give love to T. Higgins. I'm going to give some love to Chase Claypool. There was a, a list put out by a, a, a rival who was, who was talking about the top rookies this year, and they have Jefferson ahead of 
T. Higgins. I'm like, T. Higgins has been more consistent. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. I'm still trying to to, to get a rant out there again. We might, I, I can't say that it's going to happen 100%, but I do know for sure we'll be talking about T. Higgins and Justin Herbert's haircut. Oh yeah, the, the the haircut is going to be big. Uh, this is this is going to be the haircut herd round at the NFL. Uh, all right, let's do some wiretaps real quick to close out the show. Uh, the first one, Jameis Winston, whose name has come up a lot. Uh, the latest update on Drew Brees is that he could be out at least two weeks as he deals with rib and shoulder injuries. The Falcons are on the schedule. If you picked up Jameis Winston, would you stream him against Atlanta? Absolutely. I don't believe that the Falcons are the layup that. They've been over the course of the season, you know, earlier in the year, kind of like when you're watching the challenge and you're like, oh, I want to go into the eliminator against Swaggy C because that guy's terrible. But, you know, like <laughs> it's still it's still a defense you can take advantage of. So I would do it. By the way, like, do we forget like Jameis Winston was a good fantasy quarterback last year. The, the fantasy footballers won our or almost won the fantasy league one thing because of Jameis Winston and it there's the stupid scoring for quarterbacks so yeah I definitely trust this I, mean, I think that's the thing that Jameis Winston has somehow exploited the loophole in quarterback scoring and so while he might throw <laughs> three picks he'll probably throw for you know he could throw three or four touchdowns as well so I would I would definitely give him a streaming start corollary to that because it's a question that I have been asked Don't. and do I know that you know, NFL.com, you cannot use Taysom Hill as a tight end, and it's not happening, so don't ask. But I know that you can in other formats, so people want to know, is it worth maybe putting in Taysom at the tight end spot this week? You know what? Honestly, like if you can play Taysom Hill as a tight end, this is garbage, by the way. In those <laughs> leagues, can you play – can I play Jarvis Landry at quarterback? Because he's throwing a pass. How is that is, – is Cordero Patterson a run? That's probably a, a – thing you don't want to get into um, <laughs> you know what for a tight end though like this is to me this is kind of cheating like if you want to play Taysom Hill play him at his position he's a quarterback that's what he's listed as but if you get the opportunity to play him at a tight end man if you're not starting Travis Kelsey and then even like the guy like Darren Waller's good uh TJ Hawkinson Hayden Hurst Hunter Henry like if you're streaming Ferkser or something like that like why wouldn't you take a chance on Taysom Hill because he might run in one. He might throw one. Yeah, I would kind of – I guess I kind of would do that. I, I generally tell people facetiously to start him because, you know, I mean, he's <laughs> scoring like four points a game. But this is actually a week that it, it, if you can flex him, it might be worthwhile because I do think they're going to get the ball in his hands a lot more uh, with no Drew Brees. Uh, Savan Ahmed, who played very well and got a ton of opportunity last week for the Dolphins. You mentioned – Miami going from, you know, the warmth of South Beach to, you know, the cold of, of Colorado. But, you know, would you give Savan Ahmed some run against Denver this week? Well, let's also point out that Ahmed played his college football at Washington. So the weather's not going to bother him. He's fine. Um, I love this pickup. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe how many people I was arguing with on Twitter about this. Because I know that Field Yates had put something out. And I'm like, oh, I agree, man. Like, I love him. I, I thought that... The Dolphins have shown that they will focus on one running back as long as he's productive. Miles Gaskin was getting a lot of a lot of run when he was before he got injured. So why wouldn't you expect that to happen with Ahmed, who played very well against the Chargers? And then people are like, "Oh, this is good, kind of a one week rental or whatever." I'm like, "Yeah, he, hence the discount. This is why he's available on the waiver wire." I'm sorry, are you picking up Kareem Hunt off the waiver wire? Because if you are. 
you can do that. Pick up Kareem Hunt. But if you're a normal person in a league where J.D. McKissick's gone, Kalen Balaz was picked up last week, then Ahmed should be not only added right now, he should be placed in your lineup. And as a matter of fact, I put him in my start list this week. Like, I'm fired up for this. Like, people are they're killing me. Like, you're getting handed a running back <laughs> who is going to play 80% of the snaps, and you guys are like, not good enough. Not good. It's like the people that go and there's a there's an open bar at a wedding or whatever and let's just let's say your 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 choices they they got a stone on tap and a domestic lager and you don't think that's good enough i don't like you people like be happy that you're given a free running back who's going to cost you wait i'm i'm fired up marcus i I'm, see I, I, I don't i don't understand i don't um, understand maybe this so by the way hytham can this be the rant? Oh, no, I used it here. So now I'll think of a different one. But anyway, I'm fired <laughs> up about this. But yes, start Savon Ahmed, basically. Uh, I, I concur with that because the Dolphins are pretty much going one running back only, which is what we want. It's all we asked for, and we're getting it. So, like, you know, don't look this gift horse in the mouth. Uh, last one, Marquez Valdez-Scantling against the Colts. We have a pretty good defense, but would you start MVS? Man, I would probably leave him on the bench. I think there's some other opportunities and there's some other guys. I gotta I really need to figure out a different word for opportunity. I'm not sure that I want to go with him in this one. I do believe that they're gonna throw the ball a little bit, but I, it's Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones is gonna get a lot more chances. This seems too risky to me. Even with Aaron Rodgers, I expect this to be a little bit more. Lower scoring than his normal pace. I feel comfortable starting Rodgers, make no mistake about it. But I really do believe that he's going to be targeting Devontae Adams heavily in this one. I'm I'm off of MVS. Maybe because I, I I really kind of you know stand for him earlier in the year and then he ghosted us for a while and now he's back. This just feels like we're set up for heartbreak. So uh, as much as he's been productive the last two weeks, I am staying away from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, I don't know, maybe the Lazard King ends up having a, a good week, but I, I'm sort of off any non-Devontae Adams Packers wide receivers this week. So uh, there you go. So good luck hunting on the waiver wire. Hopefully you uh, got something that you are looking for that will help you out. And uh, best of luck, especially with the trade deadline coming up. Uh, should be an interesting final few weeks of the regular season. In the meantime... That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we'll see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.